1: welcome to it that's why we drink where we do things three times which means uh i have someone here who's related to christine who every now and then uh it's in the blood that you mess up and we start recording and then something went wrong horribly so uh we're back at it can you guess who it is? It is the one and only famous Uncle Zandy in the house. Uh, welcome, and also, did you like that intro where I kind of roasted you at the same time?
2: Yes, thank you. Um, it's it's not like I do this for a living either. Yeah, you know, that's the worst part. Is <laughs> you know, if if it were someone else, you think, oh okay, they're not I... used to podcasting. This is all I do.
1: I appreciate that we are two podcasters who do nothing but um, make oopsies all the time. So (laughs) I appreciate it. Um, But, oh, see, I just almost knocked my microphone. Uh, No, but real quick shout out. Thank you again to Eva for being here for the last couple episodes. Uh, She was a real trooper. And now I've got another person in the hot seat to take the reins and assert dominance uh, on Will Christine come back, or is someone just going to be so funny we have to fire her? I don't know. You just
2: revealed my plan to everybody. (laughs) What?
1: (laughs) From your childhood bedroom. you had it planned all along.
2: (laughs) If I pan my camera up a little, you can see her name is still on the wall up there. It says Well, now you're going to have
1: to do it. Oh, there it is in the corner. She's branded you for life. Wow.
2: Oh, no. And I couldn't get it back to where it was. So now it'll be there the whole time.
1: (laughs) That's exactly. That was her plan. (laughs) She had a whole baby just so your brand on your wall could uh, show up on a show.
2: (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. Do you have a story
1: for that? And also, it looks like stickers. Can you not just take it down?
2: I probably can, but it's very high, and I don't like ladders, so. (laughs) Uh
1: Uh-huh, that seems like a Christine was on a ladder dangerously situation. Yeah. So before we go any further, reminder to everybody, you're a brand new uncle, and I would be remiss if uh, I didn't ask you for an update on the baby slash Christine slash your life as an uncle.
2: Yeah, uh, it's obviously been wonderful, but uh, there's not much to report other than she's really freaking cute. But yeah, very boring in a great way. Like you go over there and hang out, and she's just chilling. She's just lying there. You're like, "Hi, you're cute." And then you, oh, you give give her your finger, and then she like holds it, and it's so it's it's amazing. It's lovely. It feels so great. But um, that's it. Like for my for me, because I don't do anything. I don't help. Um, Right. I just I'm the uncle. I just go over there for fun whenever I want. And that's the best uh, part. You just get
1: to kind of stare and then
2: leave. Yeah, and marvel at all the different amazing technological baby things they have i when
1: i was at christine's house she had all these little robots that are gonna do like half the job of like a mom in the 1800s you know yeah,
2: like it's exactly. <laughs> like they're just there
1: now <laughs> that's crazy yeah. uh no but congratulations she is wildly cute i was just saying this but i was nervous i didn't know what she'd look like just because i don't know babies come out looking like little raisins <laughs> and i was like as hopefully She grows out of the raisin stage. She didn't even have a raisin stage. She just showed up like a cute, precious little baby. It was very weird.
2: It is so weird. I I met her, I want to say, two days or three days after she was born. And she looked like a cute little baby. I, it wasn't even like a oh, this is a, clearly a newborn. It was
1: like she oh literally God. was smiling like five seconds after she was born or something. Like every picture Christine sends me, it's like she already knows how to pose. It's, it's stupid.
2: It's it's like if if you saw that baby in a TV show playing a newborn, you'd be like, okay, like they brought in an older <laughs> ringer in this is a great actor, but no, or she's what an actual newborn. What stacked
1: resume does this baby have three days <laughs> in to life? Uh, well, anyway, I do appreciate you coming on, and we really booked you for a few episodes. I was not expecting mm-hmm. you to say yes to all those, but I very much appreciate it. So everyone buckle up for uh, Uncle Emma and Uncle Sandy taking over, uh, and that's why we drink. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you have a reason why you drink this week?
2: Um, other than nerves for this, not really. Okay. Um, I have been drinking while playing RuneScape a lot. I don't know if you're familiar with RuneScape.
1: I Um, don't, but my cousin is a big RuneScape fan and has told me I would really like
2: it. Okay. I I play old school RuneScape. I don't know. I, you might like it. There's new school. Um, What's new school? So (laughs) so I'm not, this was, this should be its own episode. Um, (laughs) Um, so there was a split, um, I think in 2007, Uh, when they updated RuneScape and a lot of people got really upset because the graphics are technically much better but it feels like a completely different game right it doesn't have the
1: nostalgia cozy feeling
2: yeah so some years later they released old school RuneScape which has the original not the original original but the 2006 2007 graphics uh, and they still add updates to it add quests to do uh, so, there's still a lot of content there, and I've been playing that a lot recently, and um, that's been my life for the past week. So,
1: I you sound like how I probably sound about Pokemon cards. I mm. every day I learn a new thing, and I can't wait to tell Allison about it just for her to roll her eyes and walk away. But it's like I just realized yesterday that there's one pack that I thought I had finished the collection. And I found out there's a whole other secret expansion. I was like, I lost my mind. I was so frustrated because I thought I finally accomplished something. But um, I think you and I could probably swap trivia on those things. If there was ever a Pokemon yeah. card Runescape <laughs> trivia situation, I think we would be pretty good.
2: I think we'd do well. I don't know anything about Pokemon cards, so I'm glad you're I there. Got you. I, except yesterday on my TikTok for you page, I saw a video on what the one of the cards in a pokemon pack if it's a specific green a dark green it means there's nothing rare in it but if it's a like mm-hmm. a lighter green, it means there's a holographic card in there, mm-hmm. and I was blown away. I was, I thought, well, that's a spoiler. That kind of stinks. What's Our the algorithms
1: are starting to snuggle, you know. <laughs>
2: uh oh. Uh oh. Uh
1: oh. Um, no, but uh, anyway, we really could get off on a tangent quickly. Yeah, uh, your dangerous. own sister, who usually co-hosts this, has already turned off the episode, so
2: um, <laughs> that was the plan.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. Now we could say everything we want. I am shocked that you're not telling a, a true crime. Just, I mean, taking advantage of this moment and just saying all the awful things Christine could have done in her life. I mean, really, rat her out. You have a full platform.
2: Believe it or not, I don't think she's committed any serious crimes. Uh, At least... oh, okay. She's
1: committed moral crimes, Uh, I'm sure.
2: (laughs) I'm certainly
1: uncomfortable with some of her choices. Have you seen how she hangs up curtains? Anyway. No, um, I don't think so. Is that a thing? Oh, God. (laughs) It just, I mean... She's Christine, you could probably guess that it's did, like not right. <laughs> it's did you see right. how she
2: deflates an air mattress? She just no. lies on top of it and goes like, like oh, flops that, on top of it over, which I is, gotta be honest. I guess more I've a universal thing than you know, it's not she, just her,
1: that woman. Okay, never mind. We're really okay. Maybe that'll be next episode. <laughs> okay,
2: <laughs> okay, we've got some time.
0: And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18-store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Listeners can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink. That's burrow, dot com slash drink for 15% off. Burrow.com slash drink.
1: Okay, so I have a story for you. It's actually going to be a two parter. So Ooh. next week, everyone gets to hear how it ends. But I was just visiting you, and or I was visiting Christine. I got to see you in your hometown. And so I thought I would do a hometown story for me. I tried to find a a Cincinnati hometown story I hadn't covered yet and I couldn't find one. So I made it about me. (laughs) I'm just going to tell you my personal urban legend that I've been waiting to do actually since we started the podcast, (gasps) but there was never really a lot of information. I always thought it would be kind of a dud. And when I looked it up this time, apparently a lot of updates have happened since I last checked. So we've actually got a whole, now it's a whole two parter versus like a paragrapher. Anyway, this is the story of the Bunnyman Bridge.
2: Bunny Man Bridge. That yeah. bridge is not a, a last name, is it? Is it an actual bridge?
1: <laughs> Bunnyman is not a first name either. Well, um... I don't
2: know. I thought it maybe it's some folk singer. <laughs> Bunny Man Bridge.
1: Actually, that does sound like a vinyl you would buy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, Bunnyman Bridge is an actual bridge that in high school, I was always so mad at my mom. She always told me if I ever went, I'd be grounded. And... Uh, for some reason I listened I went to every other abandoned haunted property but I listened to her on oh. Bunnyman Bridge but it was the legend of my town where well my version is very much uh on par with what I'm going to tell you so I'll, I'll keep it secret for now but uh Bunnyman Bridge is in Clifton Virginia which is maybe 45 minutes away from my town and uh If people want to learn more about it, there's a short story collection called Dark Woods Stories of Urban Legends and Folklore. There's a 2011 horror movie named Bunny Man, which apparently is a slasher film, which I'm sure is perfectly horrible. It was also discussed on lore in season one. It was on Scariest Places on Earth, which I don't know if you remember that show, but it had the narrator was like a crazy little alien woman who's very weird. <laughs>
2: what, like, actually?
1: Her voice was crazy. I think she, I well, to be honest, I think she's had a really thick Southern accent and a really high-pitched voice, but I, my whole childhood, <laughs> I thought it was like a literal person, like someone landed out of a UFO to narrate the show.
2: Okay, now I need to watch it, just because of that fact, nothing just else. Just
1: because, I mean, just, I think it'll i want you if that person did audiobooks today i would not be able to listen to them in the dark it's still so terrifying to me <laughs> um also i'm sure she's a lovely person but like, <laughs> Um, and then also, the Bunny Man Bridge has also been featured on the Chris Gethard show, which I feel mm. obligated to say because the last time I mentioned the Chris Gethard show, I had not heard of Chris Gethard and I called him Chris Gethard Get hard. and <laughs> he heard it. Um oh, no. <laughs> apparently, or someone, one of his people reached out and was like, you need to redo whatever, <laughs> but I think we did an ad, some sort of ad for his show
2: Oh. And,
1: uh, or we were doing some sort of something. And I, I definitely said, Chris, get hard. And no one told me to change it.
2: So I, mean, I just. If, if I have an ad, if I release an ad, and my name is even, I think, easier. <laughs> I don't know. It's still hard to pronounce it just by reading it for some people. But I would pro- provide a pronunciation key I, for my one... last name. For that one, I feel like you really should. <laughs>
1: I feel like I certainly couldn't have been the first person to ever. say that like especially like at least i said it unintentionally but i imagine like seventh grade locker rooms were really horrible for him oh god also like i don't know why i was the idiot and like didn't try intentionally to not say get hard that was just what i i chose to take the risky route (laughs) (laughs) um and then finally uh bunny man bridge has been featured most recently on adult swim during Family Guy, how they do like those little Adult Swim random commercial bumps that mm-hmm. are like five seconds long. Burning mm-hmm. Bridge was featured on that.
2: Weird. This is so, this is, I've never heard of this, but it.
1: It blew my mind. I had never, I would have never thought that Family Guy would pick that of all things. But it actually makes a lot of sense because one of the reasons I didn't cover this for a long time was because I felt like there was such scarce information and then they picked it for a like five-second commercial bump because that's all you really need to tell the whole story if mm-hmm. you're doing a quick summary. So I'll read it really quick. What came up on the screen in between Family Guy episodes was um, the classic black screen with the white font. And it just said, Obligatory October Spooky Thing. The Legend of the Bunny Man in Fairfax County, Virginia. There were two separate reports of an axe-wielding man in a bunny suit yelling threats. That's the whole story. Adult swim. So that's, that's the so log random. line. That's the that's log so line.
2: random. But
1: I'm here like, to give you more information now.
2: Please. I'm hooked already.
1: If anyone was watching Family Guy that day and was like, I need more about that fella, you're about to get it. So the Bunnyman Bridge is actually called the Fairfax Station Bridge, um, or it's also called the Colchester Overpass. Again, in Clifton, Virginia, Google Maps, uh, takes the name as Colchester Overpass or Fairfax Station Bridge or the Bunny Man Bridge, fun fact. And versions of this legend vary um, in terms of what the Bunny Man himself looks like or who he is or what he does or who he kills or if he kills or how he kills. Every It seems like there's a million different versions of the legend. Sometimes he's dressed like a bunny and he kills people. Sometimes he kills bunnies. Sometimes he eats bunnies. <sighs> Sometimes he hangs bunnies from the bridge so that you have to drive underneath the mangled bunnies. Sometimes instead of bunnies, it's teenagers. Sometimes it's teenagers and bunnies. I mean, it's a little bit everything.
2: Um, Does anyone ever think he's a bunny? No,
1: he's always a human dressed as a bunny. not like Loveland
2: Frogman or something.
1: No, it's not that cool at all. Which, by the way, Loveland Frogman was going to be the thing I covered for you (laughs) for But then I think we already captured yeah, it. And I was like, that's Damn the only it.
2: cryptid I know locally. Yeah.
1: Oh, excuse me. You're related to America's cursing <laughs> <Herstein laughs> shifter. shifter. Wow. You're really trying to keep that one under wraps. I understand the shame. That's okay. I'd be embarrassed too.
2: <laughs> I'm I, related to it. I, it's, it makes me <laughs> uncomfortable. The,
1: honestly, I would hate to be the sorry fool who has to share blood with the shifter. So, <laughs> um, okay. So. Yes, it's never expected to be like a man-sized bunny or a bunny-sized man, but it is always a man dressed as a bunny.
2: <laughs> a bunny-sized man.
1: <laughs> that would be one for the books. I think I'd like
2: that one the best. <laughs>
1: I, I would also enjoy him. I hope. I hope there's a little versions of that one day. So anyway, whatever the version people have heard, it always boils down to the same basic points. And the main story is that somewhere in the very early 1900s, the number I usually hear or the year I usually hear is 1904. Um, But when I was in high school, we just said like, oh, a long time ago. Um, But anytime you ask for a specific year, people have said 1904. There was a mental hospital's bus that was transferring patients from their hospital to the Lorton Prison. And this was from the Fairfax, I don't know, asylum. I don't know what word they would use back then. So they're transferring the patients over to Lauren Prison. The bus crashes. It topples over and the doors fly open. And all of the patients scatter. And uh, the hospital staff try to gather everybody, but one escapes. And it's, depending on the story or version you've heard, sometimes it's one, sometimes it's two. This patient's name was Douglas J. Griffin. And if you are a believer in the second, the two patients escaped version, then it's Douglas J. Griffin and Marcus Walster. So I always heard the story of just Douglas escaping. I never knew about Marcus until I did these notes. And and
2: Um, in the second person, is that like an accomplice? do people believe it's like an accomplice or he
1: ends up being the first victim
2: oh okay i'm getting ahead of myself i'm just like
1: yeah (laughs) also like let's take a moment for me to say like i'm very aware of like how this is like clearly a very old legend and not painting people in mental hospitals as um you know anything other than villains like let's just address that now um but anyway get ready for a really horrible trope about people uh, checking in to mental hospitals. Uh, So it was Douglas and Marcus. So Douglas apparently can't let anyone find, well, apparently he can't let anyone find him because he would obviously get sent back to the hospital. So he lives out his days in the woods. And I guess he picked an area that was very um, rabbit heavy in terms of the wilderness. And so he lived off the rabbits and, during the winters to stay warm he would not only eat them but he would use their fur to stay warm which is by the way how he becomes he's in a bunny suit by christmas i guess or something um
2: so it's a suit made of bunnies not because when i first heard it i thought he went to um like a party store or whatever and got a big costume and was just a walking bunny when i
1: first heard it i thought it was like like an Easter bunny gone mad or something. I I was yeah. really confused, but no. Apparently, it's just a bunch of multi multi bunnyed coat, if you will. It's like the the Ed Geen or Leatherface, but instead of doing it with human bodies, it's bunny bodies. Also, I just remembered you're a very staunch vegan. Wow, sorry about this. Okay, so <laughs> I, are you uh, are you having fun? I, I mean.
2: You're not, you're not doing the skinning like in front of me. Like this is a, so. He is doing it privately.
1: He respects others' practices. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. Phew. So, uh, so he dresses like a bunny and, oh, and sometimes he's killing the bunnies for food. And the part that I guess makes no sense to me, but I guess we get away with the trope of like, oh, he was mentally ill. So we don't need to have a reason for this he would eat the bunnies and then he would hang their bodies on the bridge. My thought process cuz I'm desperately trying to like do mental gymnastics to like figure out why that would have happened at all is like maybe they dry out in the sun so he can get their fur faster. I don't know. But he hangs them over the bridge so that way anyone going through the bridge has to Drive under this little curtain of dead bunnies.
2: What oh, a <laughs> image.
1: Are, are you having fun, Sandy? <laughs> this isn't even your last episode. I'm sorry.
2: This is part one <laughs> of the bunny hanging curtain. Great. <laughs> I wonder how my sister would hang curtains because ap- <laughs> bunny curtains. Because apparently she isn't too good at that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even put that together in my head. Okay, she hangs curtains better than the bunny man. That's, like, a good place to start. (laughs) A
2: good few. (laughs)
1: Um, Okay, So, so, again, sometimes he kills teenagers and also hangs them on the bridge, and... There's another version where he only shows up on Halloween. So like you're safe any other day of the year, and I don't know about the bunnies. Are they safe every other day? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I don't know if he like just a year kills a year supply of bunnies on Halloween, <laughs> just a massacre. <laughs>
1: um yeah, what if maybe that's the day where like bunnies get a break, or maybe it's the day where humans get a break and that's just like a bunny <laughs> festival. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, anyway, that's that's where we are. Uh, I feel like I keep mentioning that he's hanging things on bridges, so let's just quickly go past that. <laughs> so there's a whole bunch of versions, but the way that it basically ends is that either the cops gave up after a while of looking for him because he was a runaway, um, or they they gave up. They just assumed he died out in the woods, so they never looked for him again, and it became like a cold case. But the other version, which I hadn't heard, um, was that the bunny man actually did almost get caught by the police eventually. But as they were about to catch him, they were all cornering around him or circling around him. Bam, hit by a train. Like, they just what? apparently were cornering him on a train track
2: don't do that on the track <laughs> i was hoping you'd say like the bunnies for some reason took his side and attacked like even though he's been killing them all these years or whatever and they just...
1: finally came to a an agreement they uh for that day only they had a stalemate it
2: was, it was like stockholm syndrome or something i don't know
1: <laughs> they uh, they just felt bad for him he's clearly had a checkered past <laughs> Anyway, so the that story goes that I guess he he got hit by a bus and now his ghost is what haunts the woods, oh. which I guess as time goes by it makes sense why he has not aged, but I guess we all, you know, that serves that explanation. There's usually someone around when they're telling you this legend to be like, "Oh, and by the way, if you don't believe me, like there's proof of it at the old Clifton library." And I say that because there's a lot of holes in this story. Um, one is that the old Clifton Library does not exist. Um, oh, it
2: just—that's a pretty so, big hole.
1: <laughs> it's it's clearly like someone just repeating what they've heard, and it's like, oh, that's a big old gotcha. Also, the so Fairfax County never had a mental hospital to transfer people over to Lorton Prison. And also that couldn't have happened because Lorton Prison wouldn't exist for like another 15 years or something. Plus it wasn't even in like Virginia's jurisdiction. It was like part Mm -hmm. of BC. So that would have made no sense. Also, there's no county records of either patient that escaped, um, Douglas or Marcus. Also, 1904, I feel like buses, like that was an early (laughs) bus. That was... I feel like the bus didn't have to crash for the doors to just open, you know? I feel like, that, I feel like they were made of wood yeah. or something, you know? <laughs> so anyway, all that to say, uh, there's some pretty big holes that we're just completely disregarding. But there's one guy out there named Brian Conley, and he was the person who, like, cracked the case that, like, finally gave me a reason to be able to even cover this as a topic. Because before that, that was the whole story. That was just what we knew um but brian conley he works at the fairfax public library and i guess a bunch of people kept coming in asking about the bunny man and at some point he just snapped and he was like i don't i don't know no one knows i don't know it's a legend i
2: thought he snapped and became the bunny man and it came full circle okay they're
1: passing the torch
2: he's finally (laughs) they needed
1: a new uh a new source so he decided that he was going to figure it out once and for all for everybody what is going on who the bunny man is if it ex- even if it exists mm-hmm. or at least where the urban legend comes from. So he actually wrote a paper called The Bunny Man Unmasked: The Real-Life Origins of an Urban Legend. And I guess this is like the smoking gun of like at least telling us where the inspiration for the story came from. So I guess when he did enough digging, he realized that there was really no mention of the lore of Bunny Man Bridge or even like a fake story about someone at an asylum or being, you know, this car crash that everyone escaped. He was like, there should definitely be newspapers about that. (laughs) Um, So he didn't find anything uh, until the 1970s about a man in a bunny suit. And this is allegedly a story from 1904. So there's like 60 years where no one's talking about it. So there's a pretty good chance that the origins of this started in the 70s. Um, especially because he found two back to back incidents in the same area that had to do with a man in a bunny suit. Ooh. So it was mid October 1970, and one guy named Robert Bennett and his fiance were on the way back home from a football game, and they were on the 5400 block of Guinea Road. And I say that because they were on the 5400 block. And the second incident was on the 5,300 block. So it was literally one block away from each other that these things happened. So they were on their way home from a football game and they stopped by their uncles and they decided to park across the street from him in a field. I am going to go on record and say, I don't think they were going to go see their uncle because it was midnight and they parked in a field. Mm. So I think that was just a real nice cover when the cops wanted a like a witness <laughs> a report or something. But so... Yeah, they were in the fields, hanging out in the car. And shortly after, one of the windows is smashed in. And they look to see what happened. And there's a guy standing outside of their car in a white outfit. (gasps) They're freaked out. But in terms of fight or flight, thank God he did not freeze. And Robert was able to drive them out of there. But as they were driving away, they saw what smashed the window in. And there was a hatchet on the floor of their car. (gasps) Which, like, if I were the bunny man, I'd be pissed that I lost a good hatchet.
2: Yeah, that sucks.
1: That's like 30 bucks at Home Depot.
2: Yeah, and then how do you kill all your bunnies? I You gotta go make hands? another hatchet
1: with what? A, you, don't you need a hatchet to make a hatchet or something? I Whoa. feel like... Hang on. How did he get the first hatchet?
2: <laughs> oh, no, was this the first,
1: first hatchet? <laughs> was it, like, a, the 30th when he's thrown in a car? <laughs> Maybe he was just trying to, like, do some axe throwing before it was cool.
2: Oh, that is so it. That's he
1: So he drives off. They see this hatchet. In their car, and they hear him screaming, uh, you're on private property, I have your tag number, which I was expecting something more festive and bunny-themed, but... (laughs) Happy Easter! (laughs) I don't, like, I have some carrots, like, I don't know (laughs) what I was expecting, but my whole life, because I really did grow up with the story since I was at least 15, And I always thought, like, I never knew the bunny man could speak, first of all. But now I'm finally at almost 30, realizing he can speak. And those are the first fucking words I hear. Oh, that's
2: disappointing. Yeah.
1: It was really anticlimactic. So it's just a guy dressed in white saying you're on private property. A very unhinged guy.
2: But not not unhinged enough. Like, still needs some (laughs) bunny themes. He's not
1: rabbit looking enough (laughs) for me. So when asked for a description by the police, Robert said that the guy was in a white suit and he had bunny ears on his head, which I guess he still swears by, but his fiance was like, um, ixnay on the bunny ears. They were not there, but he was wearing a white caparote, caparot, which apparently is like one of those very tall cone-shaped, like, like religious hoods.
2: Oh, dear. Like... KKK.
1: (laughs) So no one said that in the notes, but I certainly thought the same thing because I'll send you a picture in the chat of what these look like. And I mean, you tell me what that looks like, especially the white one right in the middle. Let's
2: see. Oh, yeah. Oh, is that like a Spanish thing? It's apparently
1: a Spanish... It's for people who are like um, repenting. It's like for like, I think some ceremony where you're like actually intentionally repenting in a way where you hide your face from everybody so that way everyone's focused on God or something.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: But it sure as heck looks like something else.
2: And in Virginia, why would
1: And in Virginia in the 70s in a very rural town.
2: Yeah. Who, seems... and it's
1: and it's like I'm not to like I'm not trying to say that like all of a certain group are the KKK, that's not what
2: I'm saying. <laughs>
1: but I am saying I imagine people who just throw axes into people's windows because they're on your property yeah, are equally as, uh, uh, you know, disturbing to hang out with. I will yeah. just say, or maybe not equally, but still, I don't <laughs> want to hang out with either of them, you know?
2: And this is such a niche item. If you have one of these and you're in Virginia in the state, like if I'm someone s- wore that in Ohio, I like in the, 21st century, I'd be like, if Where someone did wore you that, get
1: that today, I would be like, do you know what's happening? Because I feel like we're in different worlds right now. Like, you probably can't even
2: get one on Amazon. Like, so how did this guy in Virginia get one of these things?
1: And also, I mean, it really at the time it was definitely in in the sticks. So,
2: Weird.
1: it no one said that in the notes. It, I'm so Strange. glad you said. I'm so glad you <laughs> offered that information or offered that thought up because I certainly was thinking it the whole time. It's just interesting mm-hmm. and also i would be so fucking upset if all i ever wanted to do is go to the bunny man bridge just for the bunny man to like be a white supremacist i like, <laughs> can't take it i can't do it
2: <laughs> the only thing worse than just being boring is being a white supremacist <laughs>
1: I I mean, in terms of, like, Beach 2 Sandy, like, if I'm Mm -hmm. rating my hometown legend now, like, (laughs) it's certainly not a five like I thought it was. Anyway, he's wearing – I kind of now really hope that Robert's right and he was wearing bunny ears, but it would make sense because he thought they were long bunny ears, but it could have been, like, that hood flopped Mm -hmm. over or something. And he he said he was in all white. It really – it honestly (laughs) – I was so excited to do these notes, and then when I read that sentence and I looked at the picture, I went – (laughs) (laughs) Oh, was <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's not the direction I was hoping this would go. I wanted to find out he was a literal animated bunny. Yeah. That was all I wanted. So the cops never found out who it was, as far as we know. But they did. This is a fun fact out of all of it. Because they never found out who the person was. They never, they just gave them the hatchet. They were oh. like, you can have this. <laughs> so they actually kept the hatchet, fun fact. And they have it like on a mount like, they're like, this is the hash that got thrown at us. And that was the very first incident of someone in a bunny, maybe, suit, or a very racist suit. One of the two. <laughs> and a week and a half later, there's now a second incident where this guy named Paul Phillips, he was patrolling a building that was under construction. So he was part of the security team. And he saw a man in a bunny costume with a hatchet walk onto the property. And he apparently, this guy was about 20 years old. He, uh, Paul said that this guy looked like he was 5'8". And he had a hatchet. And as soon as Paul tried to tell him to leave, he started chopping at part of the porch <laughs> with the hatchet. Oh, no. Which like, I like that he, he now he has a second axe. At least yeah. we figured out that mystery. And again, as soon as he says, like, you need to get off the property, this bunny guy, he starts chopping at the porch and screaming, you are trespassing. If you come any closer to me, I'll chop off your head. (gasps) Oh, God. Which, like, a quick, a quick decline from even just throwing a hatchet and saying, I have your tag number. Now it's, I'll behead you.
2: Yeah, and, like, walking up to their house and doing this.
1: Especially when, like, you're also trespassing to even be here to tell the patrol man that he's trespassing so this is where i started to think okay this guy ironic that the storyline goes that someone that was part of like a mental institution ended up breaking away when like i don't even know if they knew they like that was a story that they made up before we even had this information and it seems like this person is not mentally mm-hmm. well i mean literally throwing axes at people like i mean it, something's not unpacked there mm-hmm. But it's just a a weird, like, foreshadowing, but also hindsight kind of situation.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, because this was found out so much later, but about the past, like, like, so long in the past. what are the odds that the story was,
1: like, not right, but it had, like, a thing to it that was, like, not totally wrong? So anyway, he's just watching this guy chop on a porch, which, by the way, not only is he trespassing, but he's now vandalizing other people's property. And Paul, as a security guy, went to go grab his gun, but as soon as he went for it, the bunny man ran off. Both cases led to nothing, there was no solid evidence, but the story obviously spread like wildfire because there's two people saying that a guy in a bunny outfit and a hatchet are running around chopping on things. Everyone wanted in on the story, and the cops ended up getting bombarded with calls about Bunny Man sightings, not knowing if they're true. Maybe people just wanted to be involved. Um, newspapers were starting to cover it nonstop. And here were some of the first articles that came out about the Bunny Man. They were titled Man and Bunny Suit Sought in Fairfax, The Rabbit Reappears, Bunny Man Seen funny reports are multiplying so it's just (laughs) i appreciate the the attempt on the pun there and robert and his fiance the people who had the first Mm -hmm. incident there was never an official record of it happening but to this day they still say it's true i guess the the guy from the library who was fed up with not knowing the information literally tracked them down and was like can you confirm that you're actually like your part of the story is valid
2: that's wild. Imagine not talking about that for probably years if no one knows it really they happened. They didn't talk this... about it for
1: years. He, they wow. said that He said that they still seemed really bothered by it. Yeah. But then again, it's like, I wonder, I mean, I totally get if, like, the situation genuinely happened and they were bothered by it, but I also wonder, like, maybe people found out they were part of the story and they just got bombarded their whole life and it's the last thing they want to talk about now. But, um... Uh, for the second incident, though, there actually was a report on file of vandalism, which... Good. And I guess when this guy was going around trying to get as much information as he could about the bunny man, ended up getting a hold of a redacted copy of the vandalism report, which does confirm the general storyline of, quote, a subject dressed as a rabbit with an Wild. axe. Wild. <laughs> so, so we at least know in the 70s, a rabbit with an axe was going yeah. around. Um and the case, after that vandalism incident, the case ended up getting handed off to a detective named Detective Johnson. And when he was going around the area and interviewing people, seeing if they had if they had any insight or if they'd seen anything, he ended up at this construction company. And they said that they saw nothing. But as soon as the detective left, they called him back. And they said, um, you're not going to believe this, but the man just <gasps> called us. And a pa- I, so which freaks me out, too, because like back then I, they didn't have like like mm-hmm, caller mm-hmm. ID or anything or they didn't have um, uh, like for all we know, if unless they check the phone records, which I don't know about this guy could have totally been making it up and just wanted to like be part of it. And so he just decided, oh, when he leaves, I'll just pretend the guy called me. But anyway, he so he allegedly called this construction worker immediately after the, a detective was there questioning about it. And the Axeman said, quote, Mr., you have been messing up my property by dumping tree stumps, limbs and brush, and other things on the property, and you can make everything right by meeting me tonight and talking about the situation. Okay. Oh. Very convenient that people are looking for you and now you want to meet up. So the cops arranged, like, a sting operation, but the guy never showed. So okay. that makes me feel like this phone call, it was, like, very convenient that all of a sudden he had information right when the guy left.
2: But It's so funny how boring the problem here is. You've been dumping <laughs> no. some stumps around, so...
1: <laughs> like, it, it does seem like it was the original guy if he's still complaining about people's properties. Yeah,
2: yeah, that, that at least lines up, and weirdly i wouldn't be surprised if that's actually just the issue it's like hey get off i i feel (laughs) like i have the rights to this place so i'm gonna dress up as a bunny and also in a small
1: town anything is news so like (laughs) if your big issue that week is that someone put their trees on your lawn everyone's gonna hear about it my dad just texted me two days ago and he his best friend who I don't even think he talks to all that much anymore. Like he's like one of his longest friends, but they don't really talk. They just kind of know that they're, you know, they miss each other and they'll call if there's an emergency. Mm -hmm. Apparently his son was, was uh, given the title homecoming King. And my dad who lives in a very small town, like when I used to live there, there was 400 people in that town and they know everybody, blah, blah, blah. He texted me a picture of this random kid I've never met as homecoming King, And he texted me with, "You got to call soon, so much to talk about." And I was like, "No, there's nothing there's nothing to talk about. i that I couldn't care less about this. You've missed so much. <laughs> i don't I'm not even gonna be able to remember all the details if you don't call me right now. So all I'm saying is if this guy was so peeved about his trees or trees on his property, mm-hmm. If my dad is texting me that kind of bullshit, this guy's for sure Makes telling sense. someone that kind of bullshit. Anyway, also fun fact, he calls himself the Axe Man, not the Bunny Man, which is interesting.
2: Oh, I wonder if he's insulted by the Bunny Man. I mean, it, it does make like, him seem kind even, of fluffy and fun.
1: It's not even Rabbit Man. Like, li- little, a <laughs> little baby bitch rabbit. Like <laughs>
2: <laughs> I've got an so, axe. Don't you see that? Come on. I can kill you.
1: He's like really trying to butch it up, and he's still Bunny Man, you know? <laughs> So anyway, the cops arranged a staying operation he never shows. It could have been a prank call. But if it was him, the voice at this point does... uh, The voice apparently sounded very much like a late teens or an early 20s, which corroborates with the other incident where the guy was like he was in his 20s.
2: Okay. Yeah. Weird. Because, yeah, when I first hear about Bunny Man, I think, uh, like... I don't know 50s 60s really gruff kind of person (laughs) I I don't know this is weird interesting
1: yeah so he's could just be like a guy trying to make a name for himself or maybe he's just bored as hell in this town where like someone's homecoming king and I got to hear about it from across the country so (laughs) uh so yeah so in his 20s and plus not only are the cops trying to find leads for who the bunny man is but now because it's such a small town it's getting spread like crazy And there's parents that are worried, sending their kids home. Or, like, this was, like, the era where kids would just walk home and no one paid attention (laughs) to that. And now they're like, oh, someone with a fucking axe is in our woods. So uh, there were a lot of kids hearing about it at school, and everyone wanted to one-up each other, I'm sure. And so all of them started telling their parents that they knew the bunny man or they were going to go see the bunny man. And so now the cops are also dealing with, like, all these false reports because all these kids Mm. say, oh, I know the bunny man. And I guess it leaked that he was in his 20s so maybe it could have been someone's older brother and then ev- so it just became the talk of the town
2: yeah when i'm thinking back to my time in middle school i'm sure there are plenty of my friends older siblings that i would think would be the bunny man oh i, I already I,
1: know in my yeah. in my childhood who the bunny man would have been if i knew him oh, me them. too yeah
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> that was like <laughs> and also i hope that person knows that's what i think of them you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes that's true too anyway that is the first half of the bunny man bridge and we'll find oh, out more next week
2: lovely oh my gosh that's exciting um yeah. yeah no i'm i'm excited for part two now
1: i'm look i am so stoked that i finally get. i've been wanting to talk about this one for so long and i just kept putting it off and when i ended up seeing how much information there was at all of a sudden i was like oh i finally get to do this and also i i feel like you were uh uh, prime candidate to hear the story. Not because you're a vegan and it's about <laughs> dead bunnies. But I feel like it's silly enough. I feel like, you know, it's a good good gabber, you know?
2: Yeah, it was a very good gabber. And then I have a really, I don't know, nothing like good comes out of these true crime ones. I don't know what the hell I'm doing here.
1: It's, yeah, well. <laughs> but I guess it I, puts pressure it. on don't you. Worry.
2: That <laughs> puts pressure I feel like that puts pressure on you to like Thank you. force glad in some I'm someone else gab, is finally you know? saying it.
1: Yeah. Well, I, it really, I have to have a je ne sais quoi when it comes to (laughs) somehow making true crime that are real people's lives. The trick is you got to find the jokes that have nothing to do with the story. You got to find like, like when Christine says September instead of September, I'm going to ride that way for as long (laughs) as I can, because it has nothing to do with like someone's like horrific story. And I don't want to, you know, fuck that up at all. So As long as you maybe mess up a word. I was going to say, I'll probably mispronounce some things perfect.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And that's why we drink is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website all on your terms. You don't wanna miss Fluid Engine, a next generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag and drop technology for desktop or mobile. I don't know this for a fact, but it's my opinion that there is no easier way to build a website than Squarespace because of this drag and drop technology. It gets better every year, and it is just you when you think it can't get any better and easier, it does. I've been using Squarespace <laughs> since 2017. Um, And in that time, they have just proven themselves to be the best and easiest way to make a website. So anytime I make a website for any reason, that's where I go. When you're ready to get started, you can use one of Squarespace's professional website templates with designs for every category. And then you can customize it. You can customize the look, add new content, add features to fit your unique needs. It's just a great spot to have a landing page for you, for your business, for whatever it is you're trying to market or showcase. Squarespace is the best platform to use, in my opinion. Opinion. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain.
2: Well, it's funny, because I was going to start by mentioning that this is something that happened in Germany um, oh, perfect, and my sister probably always tries to pronounce things very German mm-hmm. um, well, I will when, say, when
1: we yeah. when we coerce her enough, yes
2: yeah well i um I will go in and out there's it's funny, there's certain things that I'm going to be American about, but then the other ones I'm like, I don't even know how I would say that in <laughs> as an American, so I'm just going to say the more German and I've never I, actually
1: I've never heard you speak German. I've heard Christine do it, but not you.
2: I don't know if I'll actually do it. It'll just be like towns and things like his name. This person, by the way. Okay. Dun dun dun, is Jürgen Bartsch, which is not how you say it in German, but I'm going (laughs) to say it that way because I don't want to have to, you know, Um, so uh, Jürgen Bartsch and I looked, I found him because I lived in Essen, Germany, uh, which is a town. It's like an industrial area of Germany. It's um, like Western in the, in the West, somewhat close to the Netherlands And I Googled serial killer S in Germany because I thought, oh, I want something.
1: Your hometown.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It is where my dad was born and my grandpa on my mom's side was born. So there's a lot of family history there. Uh, So I found him and my mom knows about him. My dad knows about him. Because uh, the murders mm-hmm. that he committed took place in the '60s, so it was between 1962 and 1966, and it was one of the more the the first high-profile cases uh, because of the media involvement mm. uh, in Germany. Well, specifically West Germany here, but East Germans were also like obviously invested in this. Yeah, so here this we go. The
1: story of Jurgen Barch. Do we do we yeah. find out at the end that like you're accidentally related <laughs> to him or something?
2: No, no, shoot, I didn't think about that. I don't think so, no. When your
1: parents are Bernie and Renata, anything's possible.
2: I, I just Weirdly, always get
1: nervous, and then you're bringing it to their hometown.
2: Oh, no. Oh, no, you're right, you're right. My dad does say things like, oh, yeah, you're related to this, uh, this distant uh, bastard son of this prince in Spain. I'm like, okay, dad.
1: I saw your dad for, like, 30 seconds when I was in town, and the yeah. things that came out of his mouth just blew me away. I was like, I... It's uh, it's too early in the day. <laughs> like, I was like you got to go.
2: <laughs> I talked to him about this yesterday. I brought it up again. I said, "Oh, you know how I'm doing that one case?" And I forgot Jurgen's name cuz I was just blanking and he started singing a song and I was like, "That's not the name of the guy I'm doing." And he was like, "Oh, yeah, that's just another serial killer that I know about." And they <laughs> had a song. Okay, but to is that him. not
1: is that not Christine in like 30 years? That's like yeah. the-
2: <laughs> Exactly. I get it now. I sat there I and get I it thought, too. "I get it." Yeah. You know,
1: now that she's a parent, it's going to be a lot easier to compare them.
2: <laughs> just saying. That's so true. Oh god. I'm... oh god. Oh sorry, god. Christine. I
1: sorry. I didn't mean it. I just meant it. I... <laughs> okay, take it away.
2: Okay. So first, I'm going to give a little bit of background on him and the murders, but then get into some other meaty things that I uh, about the case that I really enjoyed is that the right word enjoyed researching you the did. research was fun but it was not not fun at the same time so yeah he was a, a west german serial killer he was born karl-heinz sadrazinski uh oh. november sixth, nineteen 1946 in essen germany his mother uh was sick in the hospital after giving birth and died 5 months later uh, she had t- tuberculosis yeah so he spent his first 11 months of his life in the hospital uh, without a mother um, there's no there was no mention of a father so then a family a butcher and uh, his wife adopted him and renamed him Jurgen Barch and <laughs> brought him to their Sorry. town of Lungenbag.
1: wow what's that a- yeah. wait like Lingenberries <laughs>
2: Um, not quite. I'm not trying it's, to be funny.
1: That sounds like yeah. that would be where lingonberries come from.
2: I think those are like a Swedish thing, lingonberry. But yeah, Langenberg, I don't know if it's famous. I think now it's not even a town. I think it's technically just a region that has the name Langenberg or it combined with another town. But hmm. uh, so I don't think there's anything too interesting. I appreciate um,
1: your really solid answer there, though. <laughs> <That> was... I, <laughs> not what I was expecting. Okay. <laughs>
2: Well, that's maybe the last time I give a solid answer to anything, but we'll see. (laughs) Um, So growing up, uh, his parents were very strict and also abusive. Uh, Mm. One of his friends described them as, quote, completely overprotective and emotionally withdrawn. His mother sexually abused him, as did his cousin. Oh, Um, shit. His mom bathed him until he was 15. While he was in school, the parents thought that the school wasn't strict enough, so they sent him to a Catholic boarding school. And Just while he worse. was, yeah, while he was there, he was, uh, sexually abused by a priest.
1: God. Oh my God. Um,
2: yeah. So, and then meanwhile, his dad, um, his main focus was his work and his butcher shop. So and there's a time later during the trial where the dad said that he couldn't testify as a witness because he was too busy with the shop and didn't want to close it for a day. So even after his son Whoa. is on trial and he would have been a, a witness on this trial, he was like, "Oh, sorry, I've got work."
1: And then this is and like hmm I don't mean it I don't mean it is it's it's more European though to not be super emotional, right? But that's still I don't know anything about mm-hmm. that. That world, that's still like super fucked up, even there, right?
2: Yeah, I'd say. Oh yeah, definitely. It was okay, definitely, okay. and a lot of that that I know that is because you know there was there's a lot of media around this case, and a lot of people uh, were very upset with how the parents raised okay um, raised him. So there was a lot of outcry about that. But uh, so Jürgen also worked in the butcher shop and hated it. Uh, but he said the reason why was because he didn't really know what else to do with his life. He was like, this is a family butcher shop, um, making some money. Uh, and butcher, he said, butcher's
1: world, I'm just living in it. Yeah,
2: <laughs> exactly. And I don't think there's too much else to do in in Langenberg. So, uh, but he said that the sl- actual slaughtering of the animals he didn't like, so he worked the register. Uh, which meant he could steal money very easily from said ah. register. And he used that money for uh, things like taxis uh, to get around to find his victims. <laughs>
1: I'm so sorry. I, I'm i so sorry. I thought you were trying to make the word taxes sound cute. Oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were
1: little taxis.
2: <laughs> his little, he paid his little taxis and... <laughs> and I was like, good for him.
1: Good for him. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Keep
2: yeah, going. his victims were all tax collectors. So <laughs>
1: Taxi collectors. Um, you mind? Might...
2: <laughs> taxi. Oh, little taxi collectors. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, speaking of which. Okay, so uh, the murders now. Um, okay. At the age of 15. He was 15 when he f- committed his first murder. And it was an eight-year-old, uh, Klaus Whoa. Jung. Yeah. And then his second victim was 13, uh, Peter Fuchs. And then a twelve-year-old Ulrich Kalweiss. and then finally, when he was nineteen, he committed his final murder, which was killing twelve-year-old Manfred Grossmann. Gross- Whoa! Grossmann. So, so
1: he was so in those four years, yep. he killed four minors.
2: Yes. So he and, was a he was a minor himself when he started the murders at fifteen. Right. Whoa! But he killed an eight-year-old boy, then a thirteen-year-old boy, a twelve-year-old boy, and then another twelve-year-old boy after that.
1: Holy crap. And that's we. It's interesting because I remember you saying that he, the slaughtering animals did not appeal mm-hmm. to him.
2: Yeah, yeah, to and pull, that's I what guess. he talked about. And then yet here he is. And it, they were brutal too. So uh, he first found the victims uh, either within his town or he'd go to these parish festivals. So another name for him is actually like the carnival killer because he'd go <gasps> to these parish festivals and give tickets to the boys to... Uh, kind of win over their favor. Ooh, gross! And then he'd tell them that he was a detective, and uh, or that he worked for an insurance company because he said there was a suitcase that was full of diamonds in a tunnel, and he needed a witness to be there, and that he would pay them. So, um, wow! He would then invite them to uh, a pub, like I think on the outskirts of town. Uh, give them some apple juice, buy them an apple juice, which very <laughs> I like <German> how... thing. <laughs>
1: I was going to say through all of this, like the the kid can't have a beer before he's about to like go (laughs) down to a tunnel with you. Okay. Um, Whatever. I'm glad he has his values.
2: Yeah. Right. Whatever. And then he'd give them 50 Deutschmark, um, to come with him to the tunnel. And it was also within the tunnel. It was, it was very confusing because I had used multiple sources, but within there I think was an unused air raid shelter, which is where he'd actually commit the murders. So this was a few miles outside of town. It was near a cloister and once he lured the boys there he would beat them up tie them up uh, then he would sexually abuse them um, he sexually abused all of his victims uh, oh then he'd god. torture them to death dismember them and then bury them in the tunnel
1: oh my god holy so and- it was
2: a very control thing he would always and he stated that he wanted to torture his goal was to torture them to death he wanted them to suffer holy until they crap. died
1: also i imagine if he was already doing that on the first try like he had been thinking about this for a long time
2: yeah yeah like it wasn't a
1: let's see what happens situation
2: yeah yeah no exactly and he was it it was just yeah it's awful and then there was an intended fifth victim uh peter peter freeze who barely escaped (gasps) Uh, he was tied up in the air raid shelter and Barch every um night at 7 p.m would go to watch tv with his parents Oh, um, I'm so sorry. Like,
1: <laughs> uh, right, because he's a child. I forgot.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And th- so that wow. was part of the thing. He'd go home, watch TV with the parents, and then come back. So 7 p.m. hit, so he had to go. But uh, Peter said, hey, I'm like really scared of the dark. Please don't leave me here. Uh, it's too dark. So he left two candles behind. And so Peter went up to the first candle with his ropes. He was tied up Whoa, with ropes. so to smart. Burn the candle, but the candle went out. So uh thankfully though, he was able to burn the second uh sorry, burn his ropes with the second candle and escape. And that's how he ended up getting caught was Peter went and told the authorities. Wow. And uh Barch confessed to everything. Um yeah, so that's uh that's like the the murders. There are a lot of details that I left out because I'm like, I'm reading these it's just brutal, some of this stuff. I obviously yeah, and i felt weird because i i didn't want to downplay what these victims what happened to these victims but at the same time i'm like this is too much i i felt sick reading it
1: it's a fine line it's a and it's like a shitty fine line like there shouldn't even be the fine line of like mm-hmm. like it's also it's their story so you want to honor it but also like it's 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 rough yeah, yeah i get it especially if it's super brutal it's like are you telling it because it's entertainment or because it's like valuable to the story.
2: Yeah. And I think, and I think what a lot of the value to the story comes after the fact, um, because, and that's what I'm going to go into now, uh, because this was, like I said, a very high profile case and it had a huge impact on the German justice system. Really? Um, yeah, because, uh, at his first trial, so there are multiple trials. The first trial, he was tried as an adult. This was at this point, December of 1967. He was found guilty. And uh, was sentenced to life in prison because there was no death penalty, uh, so that wasn't an option. But he was sentenced to life in prison. I think it was five actually consecutive life imprisonment terms. However, the sentence ended up being appealed because his lawyers argued that he was a minor, and oh. the, the and court they, got, didn't
1: do, they couldn't do that.
2: Well, it it was it was because not just that he was a minor, but that wasn't really an aspect of the first trial. They didn't consider his his age and they didn't consider his uh, psychological um, they didn't do any sort of psychological evaluation and they specifically complained about the experts that there were no expert witnesses to testify about his psychological state so they felt and and at the time during all this there was so much media around this case so they said that had also a major impact because it was a very quick first trial. Um, And sure enough a federal court of justice in West Germany ruled that the original court Uh, hadn't gotten the proper experts to make the most informed decision. Uh, So then four years later, he was tried a second time. That was 1971. But between 1967 and 1971, the courts, the police, uh, Barch himself, and then his lawyers, uh, and the lawyers on the prosecution received hundreds of letters from all Germans, and they gave quite a few different opinions. And there was this whole research article detailing these letters. Some They had some excerpts from these letters. And it was fascinating to read wow. what these people at the time thought about the case, because these were all also published in the newspaper. So you could just go read the newspaper and see, oh, this person in Munich thinks that Barch should be hanged in the streets. It
1: was like the original Reddit you know, yeah,
2: yeah. I was like, all, it's <laughs> like all these forum,
1: just a random yeah. forum of people you can
2: just say what you want, basically. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go into some of the examples of these letters. So okay. uh, first on the subject of expert witnesses. Here's a direct quote. Someone said, What will the expert witnesses who want to examine the brain, his brain and his cock cost? So the main... I'm sorry, his,
1: like, like his penis? <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, because it, it was because of the sexual uh, nature of the, of the crime, too. Oh, there were okay. a lot of people worried was about like, that. Just yeah.
1: picking that out of nowhere. Okay, got yeah, it, Yeah, so it, got they, got wanted,
2: it. they wanted these... They were wondering, though, what they would cost and how much the taxpayers would have to pay. Mm. And there was a women's association uh, that said, quote, He is a murderer and remains a murderer, despite expert witnesses who just want to make money. Oh. So people didn't want them to go too in depth and just kind of toss him away and say, "Hey, like they were just like, look, he's just he's a murderer. Just treat him as such." Right. And speaking of which, uh a lot of times uh people would write in about the Nazi party because uh <laughs> what they why? Yes. Uh so this was <laughs> this was a late 60s early 70s and people would link it to Adolf Hitler and say, "Hey, if Hitler were here, we wouldn't be going through all this he'd be mm. He'd be dealt with really swiftly, so Got people it. were praising how Hitler would treat this case, and uh people wow. also would would point to Nazi laws uh for like sterilization uh they would say that he deserves to go into a concentration camp Whoa. kill him by firing squad oof yeah, and that was actually five percent of the letters that were written in mentioned uh, Nazis. So
1: <laughs> fascinating, yeah. Like, yeah, horrible, but really yeah. interesting.
2: Yeah, yeah, and there was a um, there was someone, a soldier who wrote in saying, "I was a soldier for eight years and in four areas of war, but I never saw such a sadistic child murderer." Which, for this this um, research paper I read, they basically said, "Yeah, they're downplaying what the Nazis did." if this is the worst that they've seen because of how the atrocities that the Nazis committed. Good point. Good, so point. A, a lot of people um, were trying to bring up the Nazis, but weirdly in a way against, uh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> and against the murderer and like pro Nazi, it was, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. Huh? Uh, but yeah, that, and that speaks to the politics at the time, West and East Germany. was very, not that I know too much about it. I've taken some courses, but yeah, it's politically, it was a very weird time for Germany. But yeah, so then, like I said, people wrote in saying, oh, just hang him, even though that wasn't even an option because there's no death penalty. And then so instead of there, since there's no death penalty, people would write in and say, actually, release him to us. We will deal with him. We will Oh, handle my it. God. The public, the public will uh, give him what's coming to him.
1: Wow. So this is like just the most polarizing, like this is like yeah. everyone's in a... Everyone is in a position, yeah. First is, is of opinion,
2: yeah. They they th- and they all think that they know what's best most of the time. Um, and one thing that he said was that he was a magician by hot like that was one of his hobbies was magic. And he was actually a <laughs> member of a uh, magician's <laughs> guild or something. And they had to revoke his status because of the press, they didn't want him to be a part of their organization. Which, f- fair Fair enough, um, I don't blame them. And yeah, uh, I mean, but if.
1: Oh, I was going to say, I have nothing, continue. I was just going to go off on a tangent, as I usually do, and you said magic, and my brain magically forgot that we were doing a podcast, so anyway, keep going.
2: Well, uh, because of the reports of the magic, a lot of Christians would write in, because they think magic, <gasps> they think the supernatural... Uh-huh. So Didn't even
1: think about that.
2: They talked about uh, that this was the work of supernatural demonic forces.
1: Right. Like it's obvious that this is satanic behavior. Exactly.
2: They said mm-hmm. uh, there must have been hypnosis involved. They talked about superstitions. And then, uh, yes, like you said, some people thought that it was a battle that he was waging between God and the devil. Um, wow. And so then they'd write in and say, oh, well, I'll help you. I'm a Christian. I can help you find salvation, basically. But the Catholic thing gets even worse because, okay. <laughs> and I didn't find this out until I was reading about these letters, it turns out that Barch confessed his first murder to a priest.
1: Oh, like the and, the eight-year-old.
2: Um. Yeah, yeah. So he killed this eight-year-old and then told a Catholic priest and said, hey, I did this. And the priest said, go tell the police. But of course, the priest did not tell the police himself right. because... That, according to the Catholic Church, would be grounds for excommunication. You are not what allowed. What a to silly s-
1: little thing that is, is, huh?
2: Isn't that? It's awful. So, there were a mix of letters about that. A lot of them, because once that was reported, people, a lot of people, were rightfully very upset, mm. saying that the priest should be charged for this because if he had told the police, it could have saved three boys' lives, and um, and
1: almost could, like. Thank God the fifth one escaped, but like he really, he could have just let this, he, he could not, it's not his fault in yeah. total. But yeah, if that one guy hadn't escaped later on, there could have been 10 deaths or 20 Exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah, so true. And so the fact that this guy, this priest knew and didn't do anything. And weirdly, like, I, yeah, of course, I think it's wrong that he didn't tell the authorities. But at the same time, it's because... His church told him that he will basically lose everything that he's worked for and his entire livelihood and his his life, what he's devoted his life to, if he goes and tells the authorities.
1: It's quite a system they've built themselves. Yeah.
2: And of quite course, there are some people writing in who said, actually, I'm so glad to know that this <laughs> sacred oath is still intact. Yay. Oh. And it's, it's just so messed up and um also on a like little... what
1: was that guy sorry what was that guy yeah. doing uh, like what was the priest up to when he kept reading the news and finding out people were dying the exact same way like he wasn't thinking like uh-oh like this this doesn't feel like god's work anymore keeping I, a secret I like i, I can't <laughs>
2: you know. imagine what kind of justification you'd have to go through or just the like you mentioned earlier the mental gymnastics to right? try to justify not Saving more lives. I,
1: it feels very anti-pro-life, if you're
2: asking yeah. <laughs> me. Oh, saying. interesting, interesting.
1: Interesting.
2: And there's actually a recent case, 2014 in Louisiana, because I was curious about this, if that were still the case. And sure enough, the Catholic Church, still, if you, no matter what it is, if you even treat someone differently because... They confess something to you. If you even tell someone that that person confessed something, even if you're vague or don't say what it is, you can be excommunicated. And in 2014, there was a sexual abuse case where the priest was in this position where either uh, he testify and be excommunicated or he not testify and be put in jail for contempt of court. Hmm. But then the court ended up ruling that a priest has no duty to report confidential information heard during a sacramental confession. So even in 2014, the court said, you know what, actually, like, you're good, priest. You don't have to tell us anything. So It
1: sounds like those where I feel like we're in 2021. Things, you know, things are so different than they used to be. And then it's like, hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Really. That's why I
2: looked it up because I thought, <laughs> I thought, oh, people are going to listen to this and think and tell, tell me or something, DM me and say, oh, well, actually, nowadays the cup, But sure enough, they're still doing it. I don't wow, know. that's just wild.
1: It's, it's bananas.
2: So then, some of the uh, letters were about his uh, childhood and growing up, and I think one of the most poignant letters I have the actual uh, full thing written out here um, was from just a man who wrote in about his childhood and was somewhat trying to relate his past to Jurgen's past. So he said this, I'm able to recall very clearly that when I was the same age, starting at the age of 15, these hideous sadistic fantasies started, which I thought of every night in my imagination and then printed on paper. Who knows whether these fantasies would have remained imaginary if I had not had a safe and sound family full of love. Going through puberty, these fantasies totally stopped, and now I am not a habitual criminal but a respected middle-class academic through and through. I am convinced that the criminal acts of Barch are the result of a coinciding of many unfortunate circumstances which allowed him to act on his sadistic urges, which are more or less a side effect of the sexual development of any human being or any male human being, but which can be overcome with care and security and which will go away all on its own. So, it oh. was, like, this argument at the time of, like, nature versus nurture, where, like, was right. he born this way, and no matter what, he would have, uh, but then, obviously, people like this are like, well, his past didn't help him, his situation right. that he was in didn't right. help him. So, oh, it's just very... I
1: feel like anytime time nurture versus nature gets brought up, you can always lean on, well, like, oh, well, I wasn't, you know... Yeah. It's, it's the same kind of argument. It's It's... I could talk about nature versus nurture forever. It's so fun. But I I do notice the trend. They're the, you know, the common thread.
2: Yeah. And um, people in this case specifically talked about his work as a butcher because there was a mother who wrote in and said this is awful that he had to work for his family in this butcher shop, which many people wrote Totally to say,
1: primed him into this. Or, yeah,
2: yeah. And they, you know. like, maybe taught him skills there that he ended up using. Um, and then... He got really
1: comfortable around blood and... Yep. Bod-
2: yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. said that that must have had a very big psychological impact on him. Plus, um, if he's
1: doing magic, he's used to... Th- throw that together, you got a blood sacrifice. There
2: you go. There you go. It's all combined. Obviously. And so, yeah. So then people... There was one person who said, uh, for the sake of justice, uh, you should put a class of students between the ages of 6 and 14 and train them as butchers and then Uh. to see how they react and their sensitivity levels to different things. And so they wanted to conduct these experiments um, when, I don't know, I feel like you can just say, hey, yeah, that has potential to mess someone up. Not every (laughs) time maybe, but yeah, that has. I could see how that could mess you up.
1: It's an expensive study when you kind of already just Yeah, find
2: the just, point, you know, <laughs> and it's like okay, we've got one really f- fucked up childhood. Let's make some. Let's make a handful more. Why not right. just just for the sake of science, you know? <laughs> but yeah, so uh, this case showed a major like psychological shift in, in Germany, and it showed like how like how um, the changes are to like the way people viewed serial killers, uh, mm. the justice system, and then it ended up the justice system has been geared more towards rehabilitation rather than punishment. And people credit this case as one of the causes for that, where this is where um, the whole attitude about punishment or rehabilitation, um, where it shifted in Germany. So interesting. Yeah, because sure enough, after the second trial, he was, instead of being sentenced to multiple life sentences, he was sentenced to 10 years of juvenile detention and then placed in psychiatric care.
1: Whoa, what?
2: Yeah, major change. So they because wow, they thought complete that complete 180. Mm-hmm, because they thought after all these expert testimonies, they thought, "You know what? Maybe there is actually a chance for rehabilitation."
1: Wow.
2: Yeah, and uh, the story doesn't quite end there. He while he was in psychiatric care, he started to receive plenty of love letters, which I'm sure you've heard about Plenty of times on the show of people writing into serial killers.
1: It's like the Ted Bundy effect or whatever. Yeah,
2: expressing their love. And uh, he actually married one of the women <gasps> while he was in psychiatric care. Oh, no. Gisela Daika, I think is her name. Yeah. Gisella. Gisela. And that was in 1974. And so then while he was there, uh, there was another letter. This letter was about, uh, again, a person writing in about their own experience. This was someone who had been convicted of sexual abuse. Uh, They withheld their name to protect their family. But what they said was that the only way to help him would be castration. Because the person writing in went through castration himself. And he said, quote, I am a happy human being. Live like all the others and participate in the economic rise. So he basically put this idea out there that castration would be the only option for him to actually be, uh, to reintegrate into society, uh, to stop any urges that he has.
1: Wow. Um, There's, you know, there's a, uh, I, and I, it was like one of those things where I like, it was like next in my queue or something. I wasn't really paying attention. And eventually I watched it. I looked up at the TV and I was like, what the fuck am I watching? It was like a whole documentary about castration and like the controversy behind it. And people, it was, I still don't necessarily like my opinion does not matter on that, but I remember watching it and being like I've never thought this much about castration. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I, I, it's just very interesting. If you ever need a watch, it was definitely kept my attention once I knew what was going on. So
2: I, I honestly have become more interested in it after reading about this case because yeah, I did not know anything about it. I just it never I still think don't about know it that much. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very strange thing to think of as a medical. Uh, solution. Um, Yes. It
1: was was odd. It was a really well done documentary though in terms of like I feel like I learned a lot Mm -hmm. and at the same time I feel like something like that just kind of keeps your interest. So I was like fun educational but Anyway, if if you get bored tonight, go go watch a castration documentary.
2: I weirdly might. (laughs) Um, So sure enough, in 1976, he said, okay, like, I want to do this. So he asked that he be medically castrated. And this was not something that they often allowed people to do. So they actually were uh, normally not um, for this as a solution at the time. But the hospital said, okay, we'll do it. Uh, And then on April 28th, 1976... During the surgery, uh, a mistake was made, and Barch died of halothane overdose.
1: Oh, my gosh. And, wow, I did not see it going that way. Okay. Yep,
2: and the doctor had also killed other patients the same way <gasps> uh, and ended up being suspended for for nine months for the mistakes. They ruled it as for a mistake. For nine months and a bunch of deaths? Yeah. Doing, uh, killing multiple people with the same mistake gets you nine months suspension. Um, <sighs> wow. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so basically, to sum it up, this was the first case in Germany uh, that includes psychosocial factors uh, in the ruling. Wow, that's and so f-
1: cool. Now I mean, it's more focused
2: way. on rehabilitation instead of punishment, like the the court system.
1: Wow, know? what a wide gamut of stories we told today! Because we started with bunnies,
2: mm-hmm, and mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> we ended at castration, yeah. and in between was a lot of other horrible stuff.
2: Yeah, um, I do I do have a fun fact. I okay, fun is not the right word. This is this is a
1: a sad uh, fact. just a little thing
2: that I couldn't like throw in, I think, but uh I found a little bit uh let's just say telling, you'll see. So, okay. at one point while he was in prison, I read the letter. He wrote this the a letter to the police saying how much he, respect he has for them and that and what they do, and if he hadn't ended up as a killer in prison, he could see himself as a police officer. <laughs>
1: Oh, I'm so, okay. Which yeah, is not well, the least
2: surprising thing ever.
1: <laughs> I know. I, okay. I, I actually, it's so weird. I have a fun fact for you next week. Oh it's a real good one, I think. It's, oh, good. I can't I did wait. not see it coming as, as in terms of the Bunnyman Bridge. I Ooh, never okay. heard of this. And I have, let's just say I have some homework because I'm not going to just tell you the fun fact. I got to give you I got to give you a, a personal account of it.
2: Okay, so uh, homework for me to do?
1: No, I'm I'm gonna do oh, it for you're you. Doing I'll, the I'll I'll let you know how it goes. Just, My just homework
2: know. is castration video. <laughs>
1: that, yes, a thousand percent. It's graded too. I shouldn't call it too. that.
2: I shouldn't call it castration video. <laughs> uh, castration documentary. <laughs>
1: It was definitely a an educational film. Um, yeah. Speaking of educational films, here's another thing that you should watch if you really want to get into the educational spirit. I have really I went through this phase a while ago, and then it died down, and it always comes back eventually. But on YouTube, if you ever go and watch the old um, 1950s, 1960s PSAs about like mm-hmm. how to be a popular kid and homosexuality and uh, like dating do's and don'ts, they're Disgustingly funny now oh into God. these world, but it's like there's a there's like a two parter PSA about the homosexual and how you oh like really God. need to watch out because they're coming for you. So oh no!
2: Anyway, what if what if, want- what if it convinces me of something?
1: Then you know what? It was meant to be. <laughs> yeah, was, there, there <laughs> was something <laughs> was wrong
2: with me to begin with. <laughs> I
1: think if that's the way it's going to show itself to you, that it, that's the problem. <laughs> that's where we need to have a conversation. Oh, no. Um, but if, if you need, like, a palate cleanser after a castration documentary, you can go ahead and watch everything about the homosexual of
2: the 1960s. That sounds amazing, for for maybe the wrong reasons, uh, depending on... I, I can't for imagine you are the saying anything reasons, that but I'll agree with. But um, <laughs> No, yeah, that's no, the best part, wonderful.
1: because everyone can... Uh, Circle together and just watch how wrong it is, and just cringe together. It's Perfect. very delightful.
2: Perfect, yeah. I love it. I love it.
1: Well, thank you, Zandy. I'm so I'm so happy you're here. And uh, first episode in the books. How are you feeling? Less nervous?
2: Less nervous. I feel good. I feel really good. I it was lots of fun. Um, I knew it was going to be fun. That was not the part I was worried about. But um, I f- yeah, I feel good. I'll feel good until all the comments come in about it and uh, how terrible <laughs> so it was. So everyone's but, you know
1: like, what? you talked about castration a lot. Like, we really need
2: to simmer down. <laughs> uh, um, my next whole next topic is just <laughs> castration. That's I it. was
1: going to say, it sounds like it could be a two-parter to that doctor who is just hurting <laughs> everyone during the castrations. <laughs> um, where can people find you? Because you've got your own podcasts.
2: Yeah, I do. Uh, so my podcasts are Beach to Sandy, Water to Wet. Uh, you might know my co-host. Um, and then... <laughs> the, the shifter. Uh, <laughs> the, the her scene shifter. Um, <laughs> and then my other show is uh, Human Seeking Human. Um, and I host that with my co-host Liz. And we uh, read things from old newspapers uh, to look at the ways like, people made connections. We look about uh, personal ads mainly is our, our focus. but um, And it actually helped a lot for uh, my next topic because I went in a deep newspaper rabbit hole because that's what oh. we, we just read in newspapers. So I read went in this deep newspaper rabbit hole for uh, my next topic. So I'm very excited about that. Um, and yeah, so then you can find me personally. I stream on Twitch. I'm on Twitter, not much. Instagram, TikTok, everything at Zandy Schiefer. X A N D Y S C H I E F E R. if you don't know how to spell Schieffer by now that's how you do it but yeah so this was amazing though this was lots of fun I'm so excited I'm for more
1: very happy you're here I'll have to either go check out RuneScape or we'll teach each other a diff- a fun fact about our each other's interests by next week I guess
2: perfect okay. that we can that's, feel that's, like that's
1: fun even more yeah
2: because f- five minutes after we hang up I'm gonna be on playing again so
1: <laughs> okay cool well everyone go. To, I guess watch you play that on twitch
2: <laughs> that I'm, I'm on like 24 7 I don't stream it because it's just like very boring grindy stuff <laughs> and I like I have to focus a lot of time and, but yes I, I stream fun things on twitch
1: and uh and you'll come back next week, and then you're here for another few episodes. So everyone, yep. hope you're hope you're having fun because this is what you get. Yeah, uh, yeah,
2: and if not, just skip ahead a month if you're just catching up here. You know, if you're yeah, like, don't do that. Don't do that. That's there not, could I, there
1: could be another there could be another guest, or he could go back to like Christine. You know.
2: At, at least <laughs> at least listen to Em's part. You know, like it, like. <laughs> I, I, I just realized I'm telling people to skip your podcast. Like, I do that on my podcast all the time, but I'm like, oh, no, that's not okay. Christine so at and least I are skip aware the we, half.
1: we We see people all the time saying, like, who their favorites are. There's a lot of people who skip my part for True Crime, but then there's other people who are only here for Paranormal. It's a real mixed yeah. bag. I, I'm sure Makes people just hear our voices and just go, never mind, you know? <laughs> so, anyway, uh, yes, you can find Zanny pretty much everywhere on the internet. And mm. uh, OnlyFans? No.
2: Oh, um,. A fan, mm. a, a, a fan, and like a, a Twitch viewer actually created an OnlyFans for me. Um, oh,
1: that worked out better than I was expecting it to. Okay, yeah, well, it, it actually you.
2: exists. So uh, you can, I, I don't know if it actually exists anymore, though. It was, a, it was a whole fake OnlyFans page. It was amazing. but.
1: And you can also find me <laughs> and Zandy as um, Sims. I don't know if you knew that, but people have oh. built families and we are Sims in like the gallery, whatever it's called, where everyone can share Wait.
2: the access. Oh, I'm in the gallery? I didn't You're know that. You're in
1: there, I think. So anyway, everyone, everyone go check out our Sims. And It's the we'll... only
2: place you should find me. Forget everything else just go get my sim
1: <laughs> and usually we end where we say and that's why we drink uh i say the first word then you say the okay. next word you ready
2: and yes that's why we drink do we both Yay. say drink
1: sure we let's say it now. one two oh, three bad. drink, drink.